Well, uh, what I found is people, when they start talking about things like global warming, they typically use that as a pretext to do a bunch of left-wing things that they would want to do anyways. And so we're not doing any left-wing stuff. What we're doing, though, is just re reacting to the fact that, um, okay, we're a flood-prone state. Uh, we do have storms. I don't know that we really haven't had more storms in the last 10, 15 years than we had in other portions of, you could pick different periods where we've had a lot. But the bottom line is this is something that has a huge impact. As our state becomes more populated, of course, there's more property that can be damaged. There's more human lives that would be at stake. So rather than just simply reacting every time something like that happens, you know, let's be more proactive and let's build strong infrastructure uh, going forward. And so I think that's just the right thing to do uh, regardless but be very careful of people trying to smuggle in their ideology. You are listening to The Dave Fremlin Show. Wanted to share with anyone who's interested out there. Um, it takes a so, super uh, duper long time yeah. to boot it up. Um, and so I, anyways, and now tonight I'm going to not give you some information. Yay! A doctor, um, which... I forgot what it is. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Yay. I guess welcome. we'll see what happens, right? Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. And I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! Today is a beautiful and lovely Saturday. Um... December 11th, and it is 12.32, and this is my second take on this podcast. I wanted to play that clip from Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, and I am enjoying Florida, and one of the reasons I enjoy Florida is because of Ron DeSantis, because he makes very good decisions and he's very practical, and he doesn't buy into this, like, you know... um, he doesn't buy into a lot of this like left-wing government takeover, communism BS that a lot of people use in order to control their populations. And, you know, he's very much the opposite of um, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who sucks. And, you know, Florida and California are two states that both have like just immense potential for fabulousness and you know California had it and is blowing it based on government policies too much communism there they they try too much here's the problem is the people get suckered in to communism because they want really badly to quote unquote help people the problem is they want to help people out of feeling guilty rather than help people out of genuinely needing to help. And so their ideas of how to help people are not really giving and not really selfless, but more actually are about like bloviating and grandstanding. And so the, what really happens is nothing happens to help the problem. Problems get worse and worse, and then people keep saying, look, I'm going to help fix this problem. I'm going to help fix the problem. Vote for me, vote for me. And then they pretend that they're helping and nothing happens. And now you have cities. I used to live in San Francisco. I thought it was that when I moved to San Francisco in like 1980, blah, 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 something a long time ago, I thought it was going to be one of the most amazing cities ever to live in. And it was. Back then, you could walk down the street. It took an hour to go like four blocks because people were so friendly. They were hanging out on their front doorsteps and hanging out in the front of their shops. 
and you could stop and talk to people and you could hang out leaning against this, the what we call the um, the parking meters and you could just talk to your friends and the restaurants all had windows facing out and you could just like wave at people it took me an hour literally to go from my house to the coffee shop which was a block away and I could sit at the coffee shop for like hours and it was so easy to live there you could you could be an artist and you could be creative and you could not have to do the traditional nine to five thing and it was so easy and uh and so much fun and then over time different types of people moved in and they got all about the money and all about the i don't really know how to describe it and it became a very huge divide between the wealthy and the non-wealthy and then it became impossible to live there and it, now the people that live in san francisco i don't even know how they do it or why and you know the the people became mean and you know without the people and without the atmosphere the weather sucks you know what i mean the weather sucks it's expensive there the traffic is horrendous there's no parking anywhere so without the people and without the ambiance why are you paying top dollar rent to live there i don't understand and so i had a i had to leave and now I'm in, and, and I'm just pointing this out because, okay, I also lived in San Diego, very beautiful city, you know, as far as climate goes, as far as environment, it's very beautiful there. But the people in the end of me living there just became just closed down and mean. And it's, you know, like you either are a liberal or you don't have the right to have a conversation. And so I came to Florida Florida has equal potential, if not more potential, to be fabulous. It's a big, huge, giant, flat peninsula f full of lakes and beaches. You know what I mean? There is nothing but potential here. And the weather, I thought it was going to be horrible when I got here. But I have never dreamed of weather as nice as it's been for the last several months. And if it's going to be nice for eight months out of the year and then have a couple of bad months, I am up for that. I'm down for that. I'm sideways for that. I don't have a problem. So Ron DeSantis in that opening statement was talking about climate change. And I want to talk about climate change because I think it's a really important topic nowadays. It's going to get more and more, you know, as time goes on, they're going to start there. When I say they, they're, them, they, uh, that pronoun, I'm not referring to a non-binary tranny. I'm referring to, you know, the people that make policies and the people that push. You are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. Propaganda and the people that control governments and, and societies and policies and businesses. They, the collective they... Whenever anybody says, who's they? Well, who's they are the people, you know, that run the banking systems and the business systems and the political systems and the propaganda systems that they call news, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They, who I just explained, are going to start really pushing climate change. We got to stop driving. We got to stop using gas and oil. We got to stop eating meat. What else have they been saying? We gotta start using genetically modified foods. We gotta start living in smaller apartments. Um, 
living with less, more communism and less freedom. Why? Because we got to protect the environment from climate change. Climate change. I got an issue. And I'm going to probably start not making sense because I'm going to start getting on a high horse. And when I get it, you know, like in an emotional place, my ability to factually and rationally explain a topic go out the window. But I'm going to do my best here. Climate change. It has an effect on people. And that needs to be dealt with. But people have very little effect on climate change. Does, do you understand the difference? Because the difference is a big one. If people, okay, if climate change has an effect on people, then yes, people need to adapt and understand what's coming and plan for it. Okay? So that does make sense. If people had an effect on climate, that means that all of people have to be changed in order to not affect the climate. And then we have to ask ourselves, so what about the climate changing? You know, to me, it's no big deal. People will adapt. You know, the things that are supposed to, like dinosaurs, think about dinosaurs. What was the climate when dinosaurs lived here? And they all died off. And the climate changed with or without them. You know, I mean, the people weren't here then to change the climate. You know what changes the climate? People don't change the climate. The climate changes people. Okay? The climate changes people. So you start having earthquakes, people move away. They start building their homes a different way. They start um, thinking of infrastructure a different way. The sea level rise, there's more storms. People start building their homes a different way. People start wearing different types of clothing. People start, um, you know, thinking about different types of, of foods. Okay, maybe start, you know, farming seafood, you know, instead of you know, farming farmland if your land is getting too wet. So, you know, people change because of the climate changing, but the climate is not going to change because of people changing, Okay. So the government, they are going to tell you, you need to change this behavior, that behavior. And if all of us do it, we stop burning coal, the climate will stop changing. But see, that's not the point of climate change. Climate, you know, we stop burning coal. That doesn't mean a volcano ain't going to spew crap into the, into, you know, carbon into the atmosphere. Who says? Who says the earth isn't going to open up and spew out a big ball of carbon? Nobody. Humans don't make that much carbon compared to, you know, cataclysmic destruction that the earth does to itself. So, and the storms, yeah, yeah, maybe this December we had more storms, but last time they were in November. Okay, so you know what causes that? There is a very scientifically and well under, people say, oh, the science is settled on climate change. It is settled. It's settled that climate change is caused by global precession. And it's actually called the, oh gosh, I hope I can remember. Um, the, I'm going to look it up. It's called the something or another cycles. Here we go. It's called the Milankovitch orbital cycles. Okay. So Milankovitch orbital cycles. Let me explain. 
it goes two ways. First of all, the Earth's orbit around the sun is not a perfect circle. The shape of the sun is not a perfect sphere. The orbits of the other planets around the sun are not perfect circles and the shapes of the other planets are not 100% circular. On top of that, the shape of the globe is not a 100% circle and the top of the axis, okay, the globe spins on an axis, right? Like a top. The top part of that axis does not remain fixed. So, you know, think of it like if you spin a top, you know, a little toy top, you notice that the top part of the top, the bottom, it spins in one place. But the top part of the top sort of wobbles a little bit. It sort of circulates, doesn't spin exactly in a perfect pole. It doesn't. You watch, there's nothing to, and, and then the more that it kind of spins, it kind of like wobbles more and more. The globe that we live on, it does that same thing. And the orbit that we orbit in the sun, it does that, and so does the sun itself. And so there are, I can think of at least three outside influences that are not humanly controllable that control climate way more than we could ever understand. The first one is the orbit around the sun is not a fixed orbit. It's a wobbly egg. Okay, so think if you cut an egg in half, a hard-boiled egg, cut it in half, the yolk is centered in the fatter part of the egg and then there's sort of a pointy part of the egg. I'm Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. And if, if you circle that with your finger, okay, your finger is our globe, and the yolk is the sun. And you will see that sometimes the Earth is a lot closer to the sun than other times. And also, if that whole egg is spinning, that means that sometimes the fat part is in an actual different part of the universe than at other times. And we don't know what other influences are in that universe around us. And then sometimes another planet circulates near us and their orbit is slightly wobbly. And so they might be, you know, a few inches, a few feet, a few miles from closer or further from us and that has a what you call a, a gravitational experience and so all of these different okay and also the top of our globe over like a 1200 year period it shifts if this okay if you're putting your i don't know how to really describe it but the top of that the, the earth spins like a ball but the top of that ball the North Pole, it wobbles. And that wobble, at some point, it's a complete opposite of the direction it was before. And when that happens, the seasons completely shift. And so each year, the seasons should move just the tiniest bit over. So winter came a day earlier this year and ended a day earlier. And next year will end a day and one minute 
You know what I mean? And the year after that, it will start a day and three minutes in the next year, a day and four minutes. And until eventually, it starts two days earlier. And eventually, what has the appearance of December weather happening in January. And people go, oh my God, this is the, this is the hottest day we've ever had in December and the coldest day we've ever had in January. But all that's happened is the time of year in which that cold time happens has moved. The actual experience of the climate has not changed. It has only changed the time of year at which it occurs. And that's because of the angle at which the planet is facing the sun. And it also has to do with where the planet is in the orbit, whether it's near the sun or farther from the sun. And there's, I'm telling you people, has nothing to do with carbon. Carbon is a way for people to control human behavior. They figured out the most commonly put out chemical and the thing that is most needed for life. And they said, this is the thing that we have to control. And if they could control the carbon, they can control water, food, emissions, farming, everything, because everything on earth is, you know, based on carbon. <laughs> Plants, they, they eat carbon. Humans breathe out carbon. So the whole thing about carbon is a way to create a tax, to tax every movement, every behavior, and every single thing on the planet, every breath you take, they want a tax. And they can do that by scaring you about carbon. What they can't, and, and no matter what you do, this is their gimmick, no matter what you do, the globe is gonna keep changing. And the reason is because it has nothing to do with human behavior. The, the climate will affect the human behavior, but the human behavior will not affect the climate. And so, um, you know, they're going to try. And I just wanted to put that out there. I want to play this clip from Ron DeSantis one more time because I think it's really just, and I'm not going to play it again. I just really like him. <laughs> and he's so sensible and, you know, he's really put it, you know, out there in such a way that's so easy. Um, so that's my podcast. If you know, I don't, it's kind of short, but I really wanted to explain global warming and carbon and all that because I think it's really important. And I heard this clip from Ron DeSantis and it reminded me that I did want to do a talk about global precession and Milankovic cycles. And so that I explained it as easily as I can, but, you know, it's, it's very complicated and it's not complicated in concept but the very details of it are kind of complicated and you can look it up at the what you there's if you go to DuckDuckGo you type in Milankovic M-I-L-A-N K-O-V-I T-C-H cycles and you'll pop up with about a jillion um, things. Here, let me just read quickly the Wikipedia. Milankovitch cycles describe the collective effects of changes in the Earth's movements on its climate over thousands of years. The term is named for Serbian 
geophysicist and astronomer. Okay, okay, hypothesized variations in eccentricity, axial tilt, and precession. Okay, he hypothesized that variations in eccentricity, which is the um, the orbital eccentricity of an astronomical object, its dimensions, uh, perimeter, and the diameter. Okay, it's basically about the global um, circle around the sun being not quite a circle, and then the axial tilt is what I talked about, like the top of a top wobbling, and then the precession itself is that the entire globe at some point. Uh, a change in the orientation of the rotational axis of a rotating body. Okay, so the, basically you've got the Earth moving like a gyroscope. Okay, so in a cyclical variation is solar radiation. Okay, reaching the Earth and that. This orbital forcing strongly influenced on the Earth's climatic patterns. So the Milankovitch cycles explain those three directional movements of the Earth compared to the Sun. The Dave Fremlin Show is now available on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. If you like listening to The Dave Fremlin Show, don't forget to follow me and subscribe to my podcast and share me with a friend. Thank you. And how they... and how they affect the climates of the earth and whatnot. And you'll see, there's a very detailed, you could just look it up right here on Wikipedia. It's very detailed, um, but it explains it pretty quickly. So there you go, Milankovitch cycles, global precession. It's very important that you understand it because then you cannot be manipulated by the whole climate change malarkey that's out there, okay? Don't be manipulated, okay? It's better to be in the know. So thank you for listening and have a happy day. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed in the Dave Fremlin Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlin and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.